0: You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. Psalm 22 can be seated as I read it. David writing here says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear, and in the night season, and am not silent. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised by the people." All those who seek me ridicule me. They shoot out their lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there's none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like raging and roaring lions. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joints. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. We're here tonight to remember and to reflect on Good Friday. And Good Friday is good. Good Friday is good for us because Good Friday is the day where our salvation and reconciliation to the Lord was made a possibility and a reality in the death of Jesus Christ. It's a good day for us, but over 2,000 years ago, it was not a good day for many. For 11 men who had followed Jesus for about three years, it was not a good day. In fact, nine of them just the night before had bailed on him as he was being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. They ran and fled as his captors came and took him away. Two of them hung on, one of them in fact the closest to him, the one who has shown the most faith, the one who has spoken the loudest, the one who has walked with him on water, the one who said, I will be with you no matter what these others may do, when the pressure was on, he denied him three times. And the last one standing, well, he's standing there among some women that have been a part of Jesus' following, one of which is his very mother sitting there watching her son die on a cross. You know, for an entire nation, a people group this is a day of turmoil and unrest, a day of, of disappointments. A disappointment for the wrong reason, but disappointment nonetheless if they've, as they've watched this man walk the earth and do great things and expected him to do something that they thought he was going to do. Now they look and they see this beaten man hanging on a cross, dying slowly. You know, for a Roman governor, it was also a day that was hard. It was a day of indecision. It was a day of doubts, and ultimately a day of capitulation to the desires and pressure given on by an angry mob, where he finally, ceremoniously, and washing his hands there, he handed over an innocent man to be executed. You know, for others that day, it was a dark day, a dark day that was bloody, filled with pain and filled with loss. And years, centuries before that day, David here penned Psalm 22 that we just read together. And we read that together tonight because as David wrote the psalm under the inspiration of the Lord, he gave us a view into how that day was for our Savior as he hung there on the cross. You see, this psalm, though you may not know it well, you know the sayings from it because in the gospel's accounts of the crucifixion, we see Jesus speaking many of these things. We see within this psalm the setting of the crucifixion. We see within this psalm the attitude of the crucifixion, the conversation that Jesus has there as he is speaking out to his heavenly father. We know this psalm because Jesus lives it out for us on the cross as he is dying for us and for the sins of the world. And the true depth and the separation and despair that went into that day for Jesus, we can never know that. We can never know that because we aren't him and can never be him because we are born sinners. Jesus wasn't. We are born separated from the Lord by our sin. Jesus was born without sin. He lived without sin and lived every day in complete and total unity and communication with his heavenly father. You know, as you read the gospels, we see Jesus drawing away from the crowds. We see Jesus waking up early in the morning, long before daylight, and he would pray. We see Jesus going up to the mountain in the nighttime to pray. You think of the disciples there on the Sea of Galilee struggling, and Jesus is watching them there praying and seeking the Father's will. Having communication there as he's walking with the Lord, he stayed unified and submitted. And we know this from the Word, that that was his way of living. He submitted perfectly to his Father in every way from childhood Whereas he learned how to be obedient to his earthly mother and father. He had to learn how to do that. And in so doing, he was submitted and unified with his heavenly father. In adulthood, as he walked there in the years that we don't see recorded within scripture, we know that at his baptism, that the Lord said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Speaking of a life that had been lived up to that point in unity with the father. In his ministry, we know that he walked in unity with the Lord. He walked completely submitted to the will of the Lord, speaking out and walking according to the plan. And in every conversation that he had, in every teaching that he gave, whether it was to his disciples or to the multitudes, in every moment that he healed, in every moment that he worked and walked, we know that Jesus was walking submitted and unified to the Father every step of the way, whether he was speaking to Jew or Gentile, to Romans, to officials or slaves, Jesus was unified and submitted to the Lord. He was submitted to the Father in complete and total unity. But here in death, as Jesus is hanging there on the cross, suspended between heaven and earth by three nails, that unity was severed. Now don't miss this. Jesus was still doing the will of the Father. He was still submitted completely to the plan, but the unity the bond that Jesus and the Father had as Jesus was there on the cross that first Good Friday, that was, for the first time, gone. And understand, I can't explain the anguish to you that Jesus felt there, and neither can you explain that to me. That is something that was between them that we see written in the Word, but that is nothing that we will ever be able to completely understand. What we have is an inside view into that, and we see the anguish written before us here in Psalm 22 as David wrote this down under the inspiration of the Lord, causing him and calling him to write it, and we see it as Jesus speaks these words. You know, in Matthew 27, 46, it says, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is as we read that, not knowing the anguish that all the emotion that went into it, we do read, knowing full well that in that moment Jesus was making that Friday that was dark, that was bloody and painful, into something that was good. For those that were standing there watching him, whether they were carrying out the execution, whether they were the ones who were gambling over his garments, perhaps. It was the women that had been following him and John who was still standing there with Mary, the mother of Jesus. He was dying for them. For the ones that had abandoned him the night before who had run away scared when they said, hey, we will not do that. We will not abandon you. We will stick with you. Even Peter who said, no matter if these others abandon you, I will stick with you. Even as he denied and ran away, Jesus here is dying for him. And he's dying for us as well. And it was in that moment that Jesus was demonstrating God's great love for us, for the whole world, and that while we were yet still sinners, he was dying there for us so that we could be saved. He was there experiencing the fullness of judgment that we deserve for our sin. He was experiencing separation that we were born into and destined to live out for eternity, all of which he deserved none of because he was sinless. He lived a sinless and perfect life, but yet he did it, submitted to the will of the Father so that the plan that was made to reconcile humanity to himself could be accomplished. And tonight, my friends, as familiar as the story may be, as familiar as these words may be to us from the cross, we need to remember That this is a good Friday for us because our Savior Jesus Christ experienced separation and judgment as He hung there on the cross. We need to remember that His body was broken. That His blood was shed for you and for me. What we are going to remember in a moment as we take communion together. We remember that Jesus took what we should have. What we could have taken and should take, but yet He took it for us. And as we get ready to take communion together, remembering the blood and the body of Jesus, may we also let the weights of that day of our Savior rest upon us. And this isn't so that we can experience something. This isn't so that we can put a trip on ourselves that is there because the pressure's on. But this is a weight that we remember from that Good Friday that makes Resurrection Sunday all the better. This is a wait from Good Friday because without death, there's no resurrection. Without the cross, there's no salvation. Unless Jesus had experienced what we read about outlined here in Psalm 22, then there is no reconciliation for us. And so what we must remember tonight we must realize tonight is just how much Jesus gave up as he there cried out to his heavenly father, why have you forsaken me? And as we remember that tonight, as we get ready to take communion and think on the body and the blood, well, we remember that where he hung was where we should have been. And as he hung there, he knew exactly where he was and knew exactly what he was doing, following the plan That he and his heavenly father had set out before the beginning. Knowing how they would handle the fall. Knowing what they would take care of. It was a feeling of loss and separation of being forsaken that Jesus felt there. And Jesus did that for you and he did that for me. He did that so the whole world. So that we all could have a relationship with him. And so that resurrection Sunday could come. Let's pray.